Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Welcome to the podcast. Episode 93 is an interview with George Dyer. Over 11 days in June 2020, when we're between COVID lockdowns, George ran over 560 kilometres to raise money and awareness for breast cancer and breast cancer research. He started with a 100 kilometre run at Knox Athletics Track on the 7th of June and then went on to complete a great train run, which had him running the entire length of the Melbourne Metropolitan Train Network, doing it line by line. This huge effort was inspired by and dedicated to George's mother, who passed away at the age of 60 from breast cancer. George decided to dedicate the month of June to fundraising with his two daughters, Ashley and Taylor, who dyed their hair pink. I first heard about George through a friend of mine, Jodie Street. One of her friends has breast cancer and they ran a portion of one of his uh, train line runs with him. Jodie and I were out running just a few weeks ago and we bumped into George. We stopped to chat and that's when I heard more about George's run and about the great cause and I knew I had to interview him. Also, in collaboration with Wild Earth, every month from now on, I'll be bringing a short interview with Anderson or Ando. He will keep us up to date on the latest gear for trail or ultra running or pretty much any other adventure you could imagine. Our first interview is in this episode. I do hope you find it interesting. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I really appreciate all the people who've taken the time to get onto Apple Podcasts to rate, review and subscribe. Then Girl gave five stars and says, I've just found this podcast from the Two Bays Facebook page. What a great range of topics and super informative. Love it. Marchal also gave five stars and says, really enjoy this podcast and the variety and content. So good to have access to so many wonderful guests and the host who really knows her stuff. Next, an unknown user, and I say that because where their username would come up is just a jumble of letters, says, in-depth running information and local and international guests, highly recommended. Thank you all of you for those wonderful reviews. I do really appreciate it. And of course, if you enjoy this episode, please do go on over and rate and review and subscribe. At Peak Endurance Coaching, I coach athletes to run any distance on any surface, be it road, track or trail, from beginners to advanced. If you are interested, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au, so that I can help you with a structured, individualised plan that takes into account your life and your running needs. Enjoy the interview with Ando and then the main chat with George. Hi, Ando, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hey, how are you going? I'm good, I'm really thank you. really stoked to be part of that. Yes. Now, um, you're coming on, you're uh, from Wild Earth, and you're here to talk about 
the latest and greatest things in trail running. But just for the moment, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your running background? Yeah, of course. Uh, I pretty much started running 2011 after I have like a crazy disease and got like fully paralyzed. So I was like, uh, just gonna start running as like a fitness. And yep. then did a couple of triathlons and a few friends say, oh man, you should stick to the running. You actually do that very well. So I've done heaps of 50Ks. I think a fan of 50Ks is my distance. Have a 237 marathon. Nice. Got a fifth at UTA 50Ks, fifth at Tarrera, uh, fifth at um, Queenstown Marathon. So yeah, I have some uh, good results and I'm enjoying some like long distance running. Done uh, probably like over... 1500Ks, which wow. includes like UTA and Tararera. Yeah. I've done them a few times. That's, done that's a lot one of miles. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I've done, but I think 50 is more my thing. Uh, I like the speeds and not to worry much about the nutrition. Yes. So I think it's probably true. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love the that to have a bit of a, a goal in a race instead of just like playing too much, which I think the 100K is more like a, how you plan well during that big distance. Yeah, so yeah, so. I have a bit of like running backgrounds. Yeah. Not many, and, and 50 many. 50Ks are good too because they don't take quite as long. No, I, I always say if you don't do nutrition at 50Ks, you won't die. Yes. But you can, finish, you can still finish it really strong. Yes. In 100Ks, it's like, it's uh, like throwing the dice. You never know if you're going to finish <laughs> if you don't do the nutrition well. Yeah, yeah, no, and and many a race has been um, lost or, or DNF because of nutrition. So yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell us um, or tell the listeners a little bit about Wild Earth? All right, uh, Wild Earth. I've been here for almost four years, and they've been in the market for over ten years. They are based in Gold Coast. Yeah. Our biggest market is online. We are. We go from trail running to people who are doing mountaineering. So we have like lots of uh, climbers. Like we had all, like probably I would say in Australia, we are one of the store who has the best brands. That's why like our goal is to have, to provide the best products to our customers. So yeah. being in the market for a long time, where we still have customers who come to the store and it's like, I never heard about you guys. So we <laughs> pretty cool but like like we were talking before like in the running community everyone knows each other yes which is, everyone knows wild earth so yes. i think he, with the only i think i've seen a really positive size about all those uh, pandemic it's i've seen a lot of people running now mm. like way more than before and that's also impacted in the wild earth so we have a lot of new customers coming mm. with like no experience and looking for shoes and running like gear that's pretty cool yeah that is that's awesome and, and it's always great to see more people getting into running anyway isn't it 100 <clears throat> percent. so inspiring there's a lot of people out there who's like amazing stories and they don't like have the opportunity to share and then yeah. once they start running i think they kind of feel more comfortable and they yeah. open up and you're like oh my god really <laughs> and then they're like, yeah running something really amazing doesn't matter where you're from and what has happened to you in the past is like once you run, everyone is the same. 
Yeah, I totally agree. That's and that's and that's what I love about the running so much is the community as well. <clears throat> yes, very true. Like mm. we are always looking at after each other. Yeah. So you say you're predominantly online. Do you have a bricks and mortar store as well, or at the moment we just have one store in Gold Coast, but yep. we are building. So there's something coming up really soon. Cool. which is going to hit the marketing and then everyone's going to find out. Yeah. Sounds really exciting. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So um, we thought it would be interesting for you to come on once a month and, and tell the listeners some, the direction of trail running um, and, you know, with the different things that come out and, and that um, we can have a look at something new and interesting in the products um, for trail running. So, what firstly what do you see sort of as the trends for 2021 what i found out is in that eight months the brands had a lot of time to come with some new gear and like work not just in the design but develop something lighter and which provides more efficiency yeah. So they are really getting close to what the road running done like it two or three years ago when mm. Nike started all that change and then all the other brands follow. Yeah. So what I found in the trails as well, they kind of feel like, oh, we can also use that really nice little shorts and a really good carbon shoes. That's yeah. what I found. So I, I think there's a lot of company in the last eight months they work really hard to come with something which can probably be like surprise a lot of people yeah so so everything's going a lot more lightweight um basically to to reduce the weight that you're carrying on your body to increase speed i'm guessing correct and also mm. like to like they have those dry quick now which you, mm. you don't sweat as much as you used to because also the, the fabrics are lighter but uh, also um, now they have the uh the some protection and everything coming oh, up nice. as well yeah which is really good lots of brands using recycled material as well yeah yeah so that's it's, that's a great innovation they are, yeah, correct. They are caring about the environment. Uh, it's, like, it's a big thing for the brands now. You see all the packages now change from plastic to other recycled fabrics, which is pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a big change. That's exciting. That's excellent. Yeah. Right. So you've, um, you've got a product here, some shoes that you were going to talk to yep. us about. Can you tell yep. us about those? Because they sound pretty awesome. Yeah. So, like, uh, Talking about carbon shoes, what has happened in the last few months, uh, North Face, they came with a carbon plate, and I mm-hmm. think they pretty much had uh, over 10 professionals running involved who was testing the, sh- the shoes uh, friendly, and they came up with the first uh, carbon shoes uh, plate in the trail running. Wow. So, yeah. So, not just the carbon plate. So, the shoes, the cushion is way um, more responsive as well. The fabric is way lighter. It's definitely not a shoes where you're going to do like 600 Ks. Yeah. But the shoes is definitely going to be going to have a big impact in your race. Like you definitely, if you're, of course, if you do the homework, 
uh, when it came to the day, you that we can definitely perform better with what the shoes is gonna provide you. Like I took the shoes for a run today, and what I found is like it's way more responsive. The shoes was way more pushing than the traditional, which you like felt like was I wasn't going fast, but felt like I was saving energy. Yeah. So that was not like my breathing was like just like a tempo run. And I was like in the race pace, which was pretty good. Like, yeah, I wasn't like killing myself to get the space. Yeah. And then I finished the run. I did like 11 Ks. So, and I was like, wow, the shoes can definitely provide like a, a better um, uh, response and is uh, efficient as well. I think that what the shoes was, uh, and there was a, one thing I found is really light fabric, but it still is a, there's a nice support. So what um, done, yeah. So the, when you talk about the carbon plate, where is yeah. that located within the shoe? So the carbon plate is located between the the rubber because the rubber now the the North Face created rubber which is similar to the um, the vibrant. Yep. So and the sole is like which it hits the ground is a kind of a vibrant also is stiff kind of a rubber yeah and then you have uh a bit of uh it's like a really spongy fabric and then you have a carbon plate and then you have your insole so yep. the carbon plate is in between the insole and the, that new like rubber technology as well so obviously you, you can't feel it within there but you can you just can't feel yeah no but like you definitely when you're running you definitely feels like is way more responsive because I, I run in the night in the night next percent yeah that's my my race shoes on the road and i felt i found like i was like wearing like a different type of shoes so for those... people ask me they think that's yeah sorry people ask me they think you're cheating i was like no don't <laughs> get that far but the shoes is definitely like yeah something to think about when like if you are you love races yeah is definitely something to probably I think a lot of people are going to be thinking about like have them. Yeah. So um, the the carbon plate. What is for those listeners who don't know? What is the purpose of the what? Like what does it do within the shoe? The purpose is in the carbon plate uh, is pretty much it save your energy and provide more balance. So you will be pretty much working your top of your efficient but not using as much energy so you're saving the energy and also helps you to have the really nice form which yeah. like the soles provide you to run really well in the middle foot to your toes and not use the heels as much yeah and i'm really here with stride and i really found like the shoes was really making me move forward which is like the bounce in uh, in which hits when i was hitting the toes on the ground Feel like it was just pushing me to have the high knee automatically it's not like oh, something nice. you care about yeah. yeah so i found i was like even helping the technique as well so and you were saying you wouldn't necessarily get um a heap of kilometers out of the shoe about i mean definitely not I, i'd probably say it's you can get like 500 k's but yeah, which is still okay yeah. yeah yeah it's like like for example i got the road shoes the Nike road shoes and it's been two years because when you're racing, yeah. you don't put that many case. Like yeah. 
yeah, I've, I've done like. But it's still important to um, practice in them occasionally, wouldn't you say? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you cannot like just get off, take it off the box and put it on and race. No. You're going to like, no. But if people are ordering those shoes online, um, do North Face shoes uh, run true to size or do people need to order up a size, half a size, down? What's, what's, is it narrow? What is it? At the moment, the shoes haven't landed here yet. Mm -hmm. The shoes are not in Australia. So, Apparently, they are coming at the beginning of some of come beginning of March yeah. and some at the end of April. Yeah. And the saddest thing is in Australia, there's only 50 pairs coming. Oh, in nice. The first yeah. So we get 25 and there's a 25 who's going to be shared to other companies. Uh, so it's going to be something. Yeah. Is that because of, um, because of COVID, it's difficult to get stock or is it just because because apparently the numbers of like also build it up in America as well. So when now everything happened, that's like lots of more people running there. Yes. And we had, I, I remember when uh, Ultra st- started making shoes, they did something similar. They were yeah. giving everything, staying, everything accounting was so hard to get shoes in Australia until yes. they like found out, oh, uh, they actually have a good marketing for us. <laughs> and then they built it up the numbers. But I think in that case is just I don't think they made as many shoes because it's, it's just crazy. Like lots of yeah. uh, companies are struggling to to find a place to uh, make the gears and yeah. Yeah. So, but if 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 people do get an opportunity to, is the sizing like, like size is like normal, like yeah. eight eight and a half, nine yeah. nine and a half. And as any trail shoes, I always recommend go half size bigger in compared to the uh, the road shoes you have. Yeah. yeah. Just for the upper heels and down heels. Yeah. 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 And um, do you think other companies will follow suit and start making a carbon plated shoe as well? I think it's like they're probably gonna wait like a month or two and see what's, what's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. Because I know they have one of the athletes who took the shoes and won a couple of races and uh, it's been hunting for some PBs and yeah. course records while like COVID was on. Yeah. But I think once that like, they are in like a big race and if they can see the results, the people definitely gonna take on board. Yes. But at the moment, I think yeah, most of the companies gonna stick to what they have. Yeah. And see like how, because I have lots of people like from lots of people sponsored by all the brands who like, how did you get the shoes? Can I try on? <laughs> so they want to see like even like some pros, they yeah. want to try the shoes and see if they definitely like if they can feel the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, so I think sure, it's sure like will... when, yeah, it's the same when, uh, when they start doing on the roads, everyone holds for a few months, but they have like, they had their waiting. Yeah. Yes, and then yeah. Oh well, that's that's really exciting. Um, thank you so much for for sharing those shoes with us. And um, no, thank you. I'm so happy to be part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll put some um pictures up. Can you? You've got some shoes there. Can you hold them up and let us I have, have a bit of a look? I have the shoes here. Like that's the carbon ones. Yeah. Because in the range, they're gonna come with three shoes. Only those ones has carbon. 
and the other one too has the same uh, rubber but not a carbon plate. So uh, okay. the carbon plate, I think, is going to be over three hundred dollars. Yeah, and Which the isn't other two, yeah, yeah, for what we see at the moment. Yeah, and the yeah. other two, one is going to be more like a training shoes. Yeah. So it's in that two hundred and forty dollars range. Yeah. So it's also more like durable as well, and also slightly heavier. Yeah. And the one in between these two can race is still slightly lighter, but no carbon plate. Will be the three models, like one long distance training, one race if you want to spend the carbon plate, and the other one if you don't have the money to spend, but you can have a really good race shoes with the same technology without the carbon. Yep. Sounds excellent. All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much for sharing that with us. Um, we really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again in, in a month and we can talk about something else that's, that's new on the trail. Sounds great. Soon. I can't wait. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all of your running injury and performance needs. So to get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you're capable of, head to www.healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments, not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at a great price. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAK ENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Hi, George, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hi, Isabel. How are you going? <laughs> yeah, I'm very good. And how about you? Have you been for a run yet today? Uh, no, a little bit later on I'll go for one, yeah. Oh, you're more of an afternoon runner? Yeah, mostly because I, I start work early, so I'm, I'm sort of left home by six every morning. So, uh, yeah, most afternoons, ex except for the weekends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right. Now, well, um, for those who, who haven't heard of you, and can you tell the listeners a bit about yourself, your general athletic background, how you got into running? Oh, my general athletic background. That started right back in 1970. I started a little athletes at Knox Athletics. I uh, did six, six years there. And I've now been a member of the senior club for 45 years. So Wow. Yeah, so all up 51 years in athletics. Um, so my family, I've got a big family and we're all uh, been sporty along the way and uh, we all went to Little Aths and so forth. Yep. And, and, and so uh, how old were you when you started Little Aths? Like what's the, the uh, sort six. of... Yeah, six. six. So, yeah, so 50 years of involvement now. <laughs> That's awesome. Athletics. Yeah, so young age to start, but um, <laughs> wouldn't say uh, I was a runner much either. I, I've mainly turned to uh, marathon running when I was 39. Before that, I was more of a uh, shot put, discus, hammer thrower, come uh, multi-event type person. Always ran a bit, but um, yeah. So sporting background, I played football, played over 200 games of footy. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, that was mainly juniors up to about 20 years of age and played 
probably 20 years of basketball as well. So. Oh, okay. And and you haven't found that um, basketball has, um, like I do know some basketballers who get injuries to their knees and that from the jumping and that, you haven't found any problem with that? No, nah, when you're short and squat, you don't go up for too many rebounds. <laughs> no, nah, my knees are... Uh, you're more fine. dodging, are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm weaving in and out. <laughs> <laughs> Been a little annoying pest on a basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you recently uh, completed an epic running challenge that you named the Great Train Run. Can you tell the listeners what this involved? Oh, the Great Train Run. <laughs> that was part B of, of the challenge. Um, my oh, two okay. daughters, yeah, two daughters of mine, they uh, decided to uh, fundraise for breast cancer last year and uh, in June go pink they wanted to dye their hair and my mum died of breast cancer about 27 years ago so pretty close to our heart mm. and um, so they wanted some ideas and about uh, what I might do or what we could do for fundraising and so forth and uh, so the part A of the challenge which I'll mention it is that how I got onto the great train run by accident um, was that I've got a large family, so I challenged my family members that I'd run 100Ks on the athletes track. They all got out that um, I'd donate a dollar for every K they did as well as the Ks I did oh, on nice. the day. Um, but they had a 10-hour ten, ten time limit, so I had to make sure I, I ran along pretty hard and, and finished the uh, 10 hours. But um, while I was training for that, uh, I was, we were on night shift due to the COVID lockdown, and mm. I was out training during the day. Uh, running past some railway stations and uh, I worked for the railways and uh, my boss happened to ring me while I was out running and I was having a chat and I said oh yeah I'm passing all these railway stations I should uh, one day run every train line in Victoria in Melbourne he said oh that's not a bad idea uh, put something together and I'll see if I can get it up and running so um, I spent the next couple of days um, planning <laughs> 10 days of running 467 Ks, 222 train stations. And uh, yeah, that's where that evolved from. And that was, I did that two days after the uh, 100 Ks on the athletes track. So I had 13 days. Oh wow, days so that's that's a lot of kilometers. <laughs> yeah, in 13 days, yeah, it was a, a busy little fortnight. So so you say you ran every train line. So, so yes. there's only 10 train lines? Uh, no, you had to mix them. There's, there's probably about 12 because you've got the offshoots at different areas. So what I was doing on days, say for instance, day one was uh, I'd, every day I'd drive into uh, Flinders Street or thereabouts where I was going to finish my run, catch a train out to say, first day was day one, I went to Williamstown, ran into Newport, caught the train out to Werribee and ran all the way into Flinders Street. And so I'd, I'd mix them. Uh, yes, I see. Yep. So I, managed to juggle them around a little bit so that I could sort of, I think the minimum day was probably 44 Ks and a few days of 50 Ks. So it was um, a juggle around. So yeah, managed to cover every, every train line as possible. That is awesome. And so was this part of, so you did work allow you to do it as part of your work hours? Yes, they did. Yes. So work, work gave me permission to go and run for those uh, days. So it was, uh, That's it great. was great. Yeah, that's yeah, great yeah. to have that kind of support, isn't it? Yeah, and they, they publicised it a lot on our internal email and, and newsletters and so forth. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. 
And so um, when you say you ran along the train lines, do most train lines have a bike path or some sort of path beside them or did you have to sort of invent a bit of a route sometimes? Oh, I had to invent a lot of routes. But, um, <laughs> probably, probably about uh, a quarter or half have got uh, easy bike paths nearby. Um, yep. And then had to rely on a bit of Google Maps at times, which uh, set me in the wrong direction quite often. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would never happen. <laughs> no. Oh, they sent me to a dead end that you have to run five k's around. To get oh, no. <laughs> but, um, that's all right. But uh, no, it was, I, I did a lot of forward mapping and sort of things and trying to get a direct route. And it was only the tricky bits where the, you couldn't see the train line that you had to sort of um, get Google Maps out and, and go for it. <laughs> and so did you have um, <clears throat> many people coming along and supporting you on the actual run the runs themselves? Uh, not, not a lot. I, most of the days I ran by myself. Um, I had a few visitors at different times. Um, had a fellow Metro employee run with me from Craigie Burn for a couple of stations. And then uh, the only visitors I had, I had uh, an ex Knox athlete, Mark Clarence, run in from Frankston all the way into Flinders Street with me. And then Kelly McNamara and her crew ran yep. with me on the last day from Belgrave down to Upper Gully Station. That's uh, right. And that's how um, I find out about what you've been doing through. Um, Jody, who knows Kelly, and yeah, it's always the um, six degrees of separation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was. Um, it was uh, very emotional that last time with Kelly because yeah. uh, you know, with what she'd been going through and everything, and yeah. uh, it was. Um, yeah, I, I think I was emotionally drained by the end of the trip because when I was out running, I had a bit of interaction with the general public and and so forth, and uh, you hear people's stories and and yeah. everything running along, they wonder why some crazy fellas run around in pink wig and tutu <laughs> through, the, through the whole metropolitan Melbourne. But, um, but uh, yeah, it was very emotional training uh, by the end, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can imagine because as much as um, you want to hear the stories and, and be supportive, it also is, it, it impacts on you as well, obviously. Yeah, it did. And, you know, as I said, with, with mum 27 years ago, it's still sort of, uh, pretty emotional sort of mm. side of thing. Twenty-seven years on. Yeah, look, I, I don't think it matters how long it is, does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. So, yeah, uh, yeah it was. A, it was. It, it started out as a fundraiser, and my daughters will back me up on this. And we've done a little bit of fundraising for cancer over the years, and and so forth. But um, we we discovered along the way how many people are affected by breast cancer. You know, not just our small little family and mm. and the stories and um, and it, it became not just raising money, it was more about raising awareness in the end. And um, if we've managed to save one life out of what we did, you know, it's just uh, fantastic, you know. It's yeah, just, oh, look, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure you, you have, no doubt. Um, and, and what did you do? Like, obviously, um, you know, the trains, you know, your, who you worked for was putting it out on their um, information, but how were you spreading the word? Well, it was predominantly on Facebook and friends. That was yep. where it was mainly going around. I had a couple of people who had some media contacts and were trying to get it out to the media and it, uh, nothing sort of eventuated from there. And, um, and then Mark Clarence, who ran with me on the second last day, he spent the whole of Friday morning ringing the TV networks on my last day 
And uh, when I was at Vet Mitchell Station on the way in, I got a phone call from Channel 10 and they wanted to meet with me at Richmond Station and, and so forth and, uh, and then at Flinders Street. So that was nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll add, um, I, I do a YouTube clip as well, so I'll, I'll add that clip at the oh, end yeah. of the interview to, to the YouTube clip yeah. so people can see that because you kindly yeah. sent that to me. So that'll, yeah. that'll be good for people to see. Um, how was it? running in a wig and a tutu was the wig horribly hot and uncomfortable and did the tutu oh, chafe <laughs> no it, it was uh, the middle of winter yeah uh, so actually keeping my bald head warm I think, so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh believe it or not the 13 days over that 13 day stretch i think we had sunshine every day oh wow that's um, unusual I, for melbourne oh it was <laughs> and in the middle of winter and um, so i think mum was shining down on us and i think so uh, it was um, the tutu. Well, I, I, I wore a pink singlet and pink uh, pink bike shorts underneath, and yeah. uh, Vaseline's always handy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> a few jars of Vaseline, <laughs> but uh, it was, I, I got used to it. It was just um, yeah. someone every day, and uh, got a lot of comments. But <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. Fun. Yeah, I mean, you want you want people to know that you're doing something a bit different, I guess. So it's it's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah no, it was good. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you said your shortest day was 44k. Um, how did you train up for doing that much running? <laughs> well, this this started in the just after we got locked down the first time in March. So I initially just started training for that 100k. Mm. And um, I was doing 10Ks in the morning, 10Ks at night. And then I was starting to do 20Ks in one hit a day. Yeah. And after I got that phone call from my boss, um, I started about an eight-week training block before the train run where yeah. I was doing 30-plus Ks a day. Oh, wow. Um, I had a couple of weeks where I maxed out at 240 to 280 Ks in the week. Yeah, so I was just out there uh, doing some crazy stuff. <laughs> you were, and and what sort of pace were you? Were you when? Because I seem uh, probably sort of between five to five twenty a k pace. So so pretty um, solid. Yeah. yeah, reasonably solid. Yeah, no, no, enough. very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so had you ever run a hundred k's before? Before you did that that hundred k? Uh, yeah, I've done a couple of. Um, those 24-hour relay for lights oh, yeah. where I've just done, I've done over 100 k's on the track before. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, a, uh, and I did the Oxfam trail walker one year, so that was 100 k's as well. So, so you, yeah. you, your body sort of knew what, what you were doing, so so that's that's a good thing at least. Mm, I'm not sure if it's a good thing. <laughs> because <laughs> your mind that's what it's going to go through. But, uh, yes, yes, yeah. sometimes knowing it is, is worse. I, I get that. <laughs> But um, no, it was good. Yeah, I, so, I, was, I was thinking because yeah. I trained, I wasn't too frightened because I'd done so many miles in preparation for this one. Uh, even the hundred k's on the track, I wasn't sort of frightened of. Um, yeah, because I'd done quite a few fifty k training runs and stuff ah, like okay. that. So, yeah, yeah, so it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't scaring me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean honestly, a fifty k training run is really all you need to do for a hundred k's anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't do much more than that. No, no, just too much for the body to recover from. Um, and so <clears throat> when you're out there running, 
all morning, basically. What what did you do for nutrition on the run and hydration? No. Because I don't remember seeing you with a pack or anything. No, on, on the actual uh, train run or for training? No, the actual like, train run, yeah. Actual train run. I had a little bum bag that, ah, I, okay. uh, I, that you wouldn't have seen. It was actually on the back of me. And uh, basically, I of a morning, I would go out with just a lightweight top and a waterproof yep. and get out to the station, change into my gear, a uh, little backpack um, on <laughs> every day on the way to my uh, Flinders Street or wherever. I would stop at 7-Eleven, have a pint coke for breakfast. <laughs> I had that for 10 days straight. That was my nutrition. And <laughs> basically, I didn't. Uh, occasionally I would have a halfway along I might have half a can of coke and um, then I would not eat until I finished in the day wow so basically yeah did it with no so did you eat breakfast before you started pie and coke (laughs) so it was the pie and coke and then okay I thought you meant you had that when you finished so you'd have the pie and coke before and that would be it and you might run 50 or so k's on that yeah, and uh, wow. half a can of Coke or something along the way. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. So no gels, no sports drink? Uh, no gels, no sports drink. No. Just a bit of Coke and, and a pie. <laughs> and you didn't it. get hungry? I'd have been starving. Um, no, I think there's enough to distract you. I, I, I train all the time without taking anything, no gels, no no yeah. liquid. Um, so I think I'm sort of used to it. The, uh, mm. You have the odd time when you, you feel a bit, peckish but um i tend to find that disappears you just run a bit harder it goes away I think. <laughs> distract it with a different pain yeah <laughs> yes, that's right so uh, yeah I, as soon as i finished i'd oh well i shouldn't tell you what i'd go and eat it no no do tell do tell oh <laughs> i'd try and get some fatty food in straight away so um but like uh probably four or five of the days the closest thing in handy because I, I do like to eat straight away after i finish was mm. uh mcdonald's or kfc <laughs> or something like that that i could find <laughs> as close as close by as i could well, so, it's um, probably not too bad it's definitely fatty and it, it's full of loaded with calories so you're, you're on a winner yeah. there <laughs> yeah. so my diet um, is probably not what most people would run on and then finish with every day but, but um, it seems to yeah. be serving you well um yeah i think so yeah, yeah. um yeah gets me boy (laughs) (laughs) so um so clearly you don't like i often ask um people i interview about you know whether they're vegan or keto or whatever you obviously don't subscribe to one of those specific diets no No. Uh, i'm not in trouble i probably only cook one night a week and take away six of the other nights so seriously (laughs) Yes, that's, people will know me. Will know I'm not lying. When I say so, that. so what's your what's your takeaway of choice other than McDonald's? Oh well, I don't eat that much McDonald's as a rule. Um, yeah. so I mainly uh, will have um, pizza, Chinese, uh, fish and chips, uh, KFC. In my four. Oh wow. <laughs> and that doesn't like the next day you don't feel heavy and upset in the stomach when you run no 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 that's, uh, that's good no I'm, i think my body's used to it so it's no, no different and uh yeah so i'm just a crazy diet and just... yeah no good for you i i think that's fine like you know i think sometimes oops um 
myself included, we get a little bit too obsessed about diet and all those sorts of things. And sometimes, you know, it, it's good not to be so, you know, obsessed with that sort of stuff. Um, so obviously, um, so it was during lockdown. So we, you were still working during lockdown? Yes, I was still working. And we, we got lucky in that, um, I think it was early June, we came out of the first lockdown and we went back in the start of July and um, I got all the runs and everything in while we were still open for that little brief yeah. period in that one month. And um, But no, I was working um, yeah, right through. So we went on to night shifts. I was doing night shifts for a while uh, while we were in lockdown. Uh, okay. Why was that? Uh, just to keep out of general public, you know. Um, so at night there was only us on site sort of thing. Oh, so, okay. Know, yep. Yep, fair enough. And so, so you were allowed to do it as part of your work hours. So, so you would just finish your run and, and go into work and, and work, and you weren't needing a bit oh. of a nap. <laughs> oh, you mean during the run? Um, yeah, well, like, no, yeah, during the train run, yeah. Uh, uh, during the train run itself, no, they, they, they let me not come into work. So, oh, it was good. Probably, it was roughly an eight hour day by the time I started because ah. I'd leave home, park the car, have to catch a train. Um, yeah. And on on the run, I would stop at every station, take a photo, um, and get uh, off to the next. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. have to stop and look at my map. So about every day was probably about five hours of actual running time. And uh, so I'd come home, and uh, by the time I got home, it was you know it was mid afternoon, three thirty or so. So I'd, I'd be catching the first train at about seven out because yeah. it was dark. So I wanted to get out to the lines and I was basically starting just when uh, the sun was coming up every day. Yeah, yeah, of course, because it was winter shorter days. <clears throat> yeah, shorter days, yeah. yeah. But no, I didn't have to work while I was doing it. Oh, that's good run. because I was going to say yeah. that would be pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> I would have done it if I had to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, do you have a high point from the challenge and a low point that you can share with us? Ooh. Oh, you know, the, the, the both probably the, the one point, you know, that that day, you know, with Kelly, you know, just to see her out and have Kelly run with me down from Belgrave, but at the same time was a low point knowing what she was going through, you know. So yeah. I think um, that was probably the high and low point, you know, it was... Um, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was going, for the listeners, she was going through a difficult spot at that time, but she seems to be doing pretty well at the moment, which is well, which know, is awesome yeah, news. Doing great, yeah. you know. Yeah. Fantastic, you know. And, um, yeah, I think those were, the, you know, there was so many fun parts of the journey. It was, uh, people said, oh, didn't you get bored? What did you do all day? And stuff like that. But time went past really quick and, you know, yeah. I love a dollar. Every time I got wolf whistled at, or, or get <laughs> or something like that. But um, yeah, it, it was fun. You know, I enjoyed it. But um, I think yeah, that would be the high and low point of the, the whole run. And so, did you? Um, <clears throat> speaking of you know getting bored or whatever, did you listen to? Um, did you have headphones? Oh no, I never run with headphones. Never do any training or no. Oh wow, good nah, for you. Just, off in the wilderness with my own thoughts. <laughs> so, no, no, I don't like running with headphones or anything. It, you find it distracting? Yeah, distracting, just annoying probably more than mm. anything. So, 
you know, I don't yeah. even like running with a hat. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's where running with the wig was quite different for me. <laughs> Some of my yeah, if you don't like running with a hat, definitely. Yeah, but the purpose behind it. So it's sort of, I think it was easy to accept. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. So did you have any niggles or injuries along the way? Um, no, no, I'm pretty healthy in that regards. Um, I, because I did the 100Ks two days before, the first day was just still a little bit stiff. But mm, um, no doubt. After that, yeah, but after that, I was uh, pretty good. You know, body would recover every day to get up and go again. So, you know, must have been that McDonald's. <laughs> no, yeah, and, and the KFC and the pollen. <laughs> But there's a lot of Coca-Cola. I drink a lot of soft drink. Oh, drink soft drink, oh so. do you? You drink a lot of soft drink as well? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll probably drink a litre to two litres a day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so wow. I'm, not, I'm not a great candidate for the... Uh, no, but <laughs> I find it really interesting because um, clearly you're a very good runner. Um, so I just find it... It's interesting that... Um, a, either the human body adapts to that or you just have to you have a particularly good constitution that can deal with it yeah i think because i've had the diet for so long i think mm-hmm. um, my body's just adapted to it um and i was on that diet before i started marathon running and so forth so it um i think it just naturally took it on and i, I have tried eating healthy at times but i didn't find it changed any difference with my uh, speed or times and stuff like that. So yeah, that's interesting. So, do you ever like, eat vegetables? Um, not that often. I, I enjoy them when I go out to dinner if I'm at the pub and have a meal. I don't mind a roast and veggies, but um, I probably only eat veggies probably oh, two or three times a month. And uh, oh my god, <laughs> probably uh, two or three times a year. So um, yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit different. <laughs> That's hilarious. And what about water? Do you ever just drink plain water? Uh, rarely, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do drink a little bit of sports drink of uh, the, the um, Gatorade with no sugar at times. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm getting plenty of <laughs> so when uh, you drink yeah. soft drink, do you drink the full sugar or do you get the diet ones? Oh, no diet one. That's it's full Coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, think, I think, to be honest, I, I'm not mad keen on artificial sweeteners. I think you're better off to have the full sugar than the artificial sweeteners. Yeah, so. yeah no, definitely full. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how's your recovery been since completing that, that run? Um, well, because we went into lockdown, you know, I, I didn't have to sort of recover as such, you know, it's... Um, yeah, the, the human body's a quite an amazing thing. I think um, um, I, was, I was thinking before this interview, and I didn't know what questions you were going to ask me. And I was I was thinking a bit um, when uh, Elliot uh, Kipchoge did his sub two hour. I can't remember exact title he used about without limits, but I was also thinking of um, the Steve Prefontaine movie that's called Without Limits, and and I think the body has a lot of limits that we haven't explored in yeah. that regards. And I found, because um, this had the first time I've done some crazy things, <laughs> and uh, I slowly discovered, and as I said to you before, I listened to the interview of Matt Whittaker last week and you were talking about, uh, you know, how long, long you need to recover before you race again and run mm. again. Um, about five years ago, I got to go on my first overseas trip and I... 
I decided to do a marathon every weekend and um wow and yeah and that, that was a little bit crazy and I thought so, so you were overseas when you were doing the marathon every weekend and was it an actual yeah. official marathon or just marathon distance yeah. no official marathon yeah um in in five different countries and then I came back and did Sydney on the following the sixth weekend and um so I didn't know what to expect. I thought oh, I'll go jog the first one and uh, I'll do the first one hard, sorry, and then just jog around the, the rest of them. But I found that the body was pretty well recovered by after a week and uh, the times were getting any worse. They were uh, yeah. pretty good. And So, actually, so what was your what was your um, times for those marathons? Well, the first one I did, I did 3 hours 28, but by the end I ran 3.14 in, in wow. uh, Sydney and I did a 3.10 in in between and uh and so forth so they were pretty good but that was that's just amazing started exploration and then I, I started doing some marathons overseas and um and I, I decided I wanted to try and do the 50 states of America and you might see a little background picture there yes I was going to ask about that yeah so that's a scratchy map my kids gave me one Christmas and you can scratch out every state when you've done it and it comes up as a colour. And so I've got 23 states to go. But over in America, you can do multiple marathons. So yeah. I started um, doing different trips and different days. And and one trip started with Melbourne Marathon. And then I did 13 marathons overseas in the next uh, four weeks. And oh, the end of, end of that is nine, nine marathons in nine different states of America in nine consecutive days. Oh, um, my word. Yeah, so I discovered the body can surprisingly recover pretty quick and uh, go again the next day. So, and so how yeah. did you travel between those different um, states? Some were flying um, and some were uh, by car. And um, it was uh, quite an adventure the last nine days. Yeah, um, that sounds like an yeah. awesome adventure. Like sometimes, I know on day eight, I, I got into... Charlotte at midnight and was running at 7am and oh. then flew back out at 1pm 1, 1 <laughs> to get to the next sort. So you're wow. in and out and um, yeah, so you just have to do what you can and get back up and, but the body could handle it. You get back up the next day and off you go again. <laughs> because your body was not only having to deal with, um, <clears throat> you know, the marathons, which obviously is something, but also the travel being cramped into a, an airplane seat yeah. or in a car or, and the change in altitude and all that with the plane. Uh, Actually, the hardest bit was the altitude change because yeah. I did more of them at altitude and, and I didn't realise beforehand. I'd done a lot of training in preparation, but I hadn't thought about the altitude and yeah. um, I did feel a bit sick up at altitude and how much how draining it was. It was yeah. quite draining. Yeah, it is. So what was your highest altitude run? Um, at Flagstaff, Arizona, yeah. at about 2,100 metres, I think. Um, I had yeah. four up at 1,600 metres, I think they were at. Wow, yeah, so that, that's tough for the body <clears throat> to adapt yeah. to. But yeah, obviously you did it. So we, with COVID going on and everything, when are you hoping to get back to the States to continue colouring, finishing oh, off I the map? I won't be for a few years now. Um, mm. Last year um, I had plans, to, I got stuck on 97 marathons um, and I'd planned to do my 100th in Melbourne last year. Mm. Um, so that's the plans for this year again, hopefully to do... Canberra, Gold Coast, and Melbourne. Yep, yep, yep. And 
uh, then the overseas marathons are just going to have to be put on hold for a moment. Yeah. You know, that's just, yeah, I think that's going to be years away before I can get back to. Oh, don't that. say that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I think, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah. I think it'll still be way off. Yeah. yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and and it'll also be based on, you know, you'll, you'd have to get the vaccine to be able to travel, basically. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. So um, I don't mind a vaccine, but um, yeah. I'd like to see how it's all unfolding before I think about travelling back over there again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. fair enough. Um, and so, um, obviously, you were you were raising money. How much money did you raise with with your two challenges? Uh, with the girls, um, we ended up raising twelve and a half thousand dollars in the end wow. for uh, the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Yeah, but um, so surprised anything we did um, the. The girls had raised quite a bit of money by themselves and then we got to the 100k race the actual day for just the 100ks on the day we raised something like four thousand dollars on the day and then for the rest of the run so probably the train run probably raised about six thousand odd dollars and it was about two thousand odd dollars from the girls that they'd managed to raise as well so oh, that's awesome and, and did your daughters run with you at all no, and believe it or not, none of my kids run. So, yeah, I know. Uh, Mine the same. Yeah, so um, no, I haven't been able to talk any of my four into running too much. But, uh, <laughs> it might, might, maybe the grandkids. So. Yeah, <laughs> you never know your luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. And and where can um people um if if you know they're hearing this and they and they want to donate, where can they go to donate? Well. Because it was in June, that that is actually finished oh, okay. now. That campaign, any links that anybody sees for it, um, I don't think it's active anymore. I think uh-huh. that it was still active for about a month afterwards, but okay. it's not longer. So they they just have to go on the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Yep. Yeah, which I'm, I'm sure is easy enough to do, and yep. and and <clears throat> for an, a very worthy cause, obviously. Um, now, can you also talk us through all those, uh, well, not every single one of them, but you've got a lot of medals behind you. <laughs> yeah, there are a few of them are uh, 97 marathons, most of them. Yeah. Um, so my first marathon was in 2003 at Melbourne, and I've done every one since then. Oh, wow, you've um, done every Melbourne. Yeah, except for last year when yeah. it wasn't on. Um, but, yeah, there's all different sizes in America, they like to give you big ones. Big yeah, ones. they do, uh, don't they? I like I like that big one on on your right shoulder yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> that was the uh, that was the last one. That was my ninth marathon in nine days. It was a little marathon in um, Kentucky. Um, ah. yeah. so um, a little marathon like, with a very big medal. Yeah, it was. It was only about fifty people running, but um, oh wow, it, it was um, yeah. That was, a, that was a good run but um yeah some funny funny old medals here and i've got city of the surf medals up there mm. and uh, i did um uh one of my tours to america um i've got my t-shirt on which is my rocky belfour oh, run yeah. oh like, people know me know that i love rocky belfour okay and, uh, so i went to philadelphia and uh and did they have a Rocky Balboa challenge where you do a 5K and then 30 minutes later you do a, a 10 mile. And oh. um, but me being a little bit different, then flew out to um, Las Vegas, which is the other side of town, and yeah. ran that. I did a 5K 
in Las Vegas and then the next night did a marathon in Las Vegas and then flew back to Philadelphia where the next weekend I did a, um, a half marathon dressed as Rocky on the set day <laughs> by 8Ks um, 40 minutes later dressed as Rocky and then a full marathon the next day. So I had seven races in nine days and I got some nice, nice medals up there from the Rocky run and, and Wow, you are a machine. You are certainly very dedicated to your running. Oh, a bit crazy, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they're a lot of fun. And, yeah, uh, yeah, no. That's as, awesome. As I, said before, I don't know whether I'm just lucky or managed to stay injury free. Um, I think that's one of the biggest secrets, stay mm. injury free. And um, sort of able to just shuffle along and, and, uh, turn back up for the next day and away we go. Do you do much speed work or anything like that? Um, generally I do, like um, for some of the crazy runs, um, it's a bit different, but normally I'll do speed work on a Tuesday night. Yep. And when I was a little bit younger, I used to do Thursdays as well, but now I tend to keep it to a second, either a race or um, another speed session on a Saturday. Um, so I'll do two, two speed sessions a week and, then sometimes I just challenge the mind for some of those crazy tours and uh, some of these crazy runs. I, I might do a crazy session like 5400s with 100 recovery and, and uh, just for 5400s. I was telling a friend the other week uh, the, yeah. that I did 2400s and I thought they thought I was mad with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just a little bit crazy, but that, that's just sometimes it's not the physical, it's more about the mental. So, yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Yeah. I think more often than not, that that is exactly what it is. Yeah. So no, I, I believe um, uh, keeping it simple. Most of the training, two or three speed sessions a week, super long run on a Sunday, and a long midweek run, and and a couple of other runs to fill in the gaps. So, so do you train seven days a week? Yeah. Yeah. Don't usually have a mm. day off. There's, there's the odd time I've got someone on, I might have a day off. But yeah, usually, barring any sort of niggle or injury. I'll, run every day yeah well seeing as you don't really get niggles or injuries you probably do then and um so when you say that you're you have a a very long run on the weekend how long is that generally oh it'll depend what i'm training for but you know anywhere from it'd be a minimum 20 up to 40 or 50 k's yeah and and how long is your midweek run your long run um when i'm really training for a marathon or something uh the midweek run will be 20 to 25 k's yeah yeah Yep. on a Wednesday and back it back up on a Sunday. I normally would like to do, when I'm doing marathon training, I'll do a 20-odd K on the Saturday and then go back out for the extra long run on the Sunday, back-to-back days. That is that is amazing. You you are certainly um, blessed to be injury-free. And, and, to, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's the building the consistency up, which you can do because you're not getting yeah. injured. Do you... Do you get massages? Do you roll it? Do you stretch? Do you do anything? Come on, oh, give us some well, hope. <laughs> no, I'm going well, to give the average person hope because um, I don't do any stretching, never do, never have, can't touch my toes. Um, <laughs> massages, I hate massages, so I don't have massages, no. <laughs> um, so, no, just plain and simple. <laughs> so maybe um, we're doing it all wrong. Maybe we should get rid of all of those and... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. There's faster people than me, and they might do all these other things. So maybe mm. that's what makes it faster. But um, yeah, it just seems to work for me. You know, 
what what works for me might not work for somebody else. As, as you know, everybody. Yeah, to be honest, I, I do think you're a bit of an anomaly because um, with yeah. the junk food and the and the <laughs> lack of focus on recovery. I mean, I'm very jealous, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't. I think the body. When I train the next day, you know, I'm not necessarily going hard every every day. So no. Even though I might be doing a bit of mileage, it's it's not. At most, I'll do two hard sessions two days in a row. I won't do it. So, so, so you'll run easy, basically, then. Even your yeah. Wednesday long run, I, I assume, is an easy-ish pace? Um, a relatively easy pace. It's, it's not the, say, the Monday and the Friday runs would be a, a slower jog than the Wednesday run. Yeah. Um, and, and the Sunday runs. But, um, yeah, the, the longer runs are still at a, a reasonable pace. Uh, so I still like to push them along a little bit. <laughs> So do you tend to run alone most of the time or do you run with other people too? Um, predominantly all my training I do alone. Um, I, I, I've got a running group that I coach now that started out of, um, I was coaching all my kids through basketball about 15 yep. years ago. A couple of mums wanted to get fit and so it's um, branched out into a running group called the Dire Hards. And, um, um, I like the plan words. Yeah, they've got about 20 people. So um, they come down. I, I usually do my training down athletes track Tuesdays and Thursdays before they come down. They come down 6.30 on a Tuesday and Thursday. And then Sunday mornings, they join in and go for a run. So that's about all I run with. I assume you're not dragging them on a 50K run, though? Uh, no, occasionally a couple of them uh, oh, uh, do a marathon, so they come on some of the longer ones. But, um, yeah, so. Is, um, I do get a few of them out, but predominantly I, I train alone. But those three extra sessions that I join in with the Tuesdays and Thursdays when I feel like it, and mm. and get just just a bit of extra recovery run, and um, then the Sundays I blend mine in with their, their Sunday run. Do you do any strength work or any cross training? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good for you. No, <laughs> I, you're terrible. I, I think, um, I think because I run so many miles, the legs are getting. You're enough too tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so much tired, but they, they I think they, they get enough workout, and um, yeah, and so no, I don't think uh, it's one of those things that I might need as I'm getting older. But um, at, at this stage, no, I don't do any. That's good. I mean, if if you don't need to, and if you're going along just fine, then then yeah, why uh, spend the extra time? I guess, and. Yeah. Um, so of all those heaps of marathons that you've done, do you have a favourite? Oh, I've probably got a couple. Um, I love Melbourne because I'm a Melbourne boy. I just love Melbourne, yeah. even even though people say I hate Melbourne marathons. I love it. <laughs> but, so so yeah. in saying that you love Melbourne, because you've done them all, did you prefer the point-to-point Frankston to Melbourne or do you prefer it now? I would love it if they put it point to point again because mm, I did yeah. all that. But the iconic bit of running from Frankston to Melbourne, it's just feels yeah. so much better. I but agree. Current course does allow for better spectator involvement. Yes. Uh, you do get more people out on the course during you're along. So that side of things I can understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, of course. Yeah, if they I'd love it if they went back to point to point. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Melbourne will always be my favourite and I'll do it for as long as I can now. Um, but I think probably the marathon I would love 
most was Young Freo in Switzerland. Oh, I've done that. That is so and good, it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was just beautiful. You know, the whole setup, the whole yep. carnival. Oh, and it, and so beautiful. Oh, it's just amazing. <laughs> no, I didn't realise I didn't uh, do any ill preparation. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a bit of a failure. But um, oh, I just loved the, the beforehand, the past mm. night beforehand, going and meeting yes. people. Um, yeah. The community runs with it. The big flugel horns at the start. Yes. I thought Americans were patriotic at the start of the marathons, but the Swiss were very patriotic. And and then just running through the little villages and the whole village out with the cowbells and going hop, 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 and cheering you on. And and then once you get into the mountains, once you start at about 26 when you climb right up (laughs) in the snow-capped mountains around you, uh, just just amazing. It was just... And then afterwards you get back into town and you go down and they had a, a... tribute band on and big celebrations afterwards and you know it was a big weekend but uh, I just loved the whole thing and and just the area it was was just amazing yeah I mean it's a stunning area and yes a fantastic race I I do agree and 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 listeners if you if you want to put a race on your bucket list that's definitely one one to to put on oh for sure but do do some hill training (laughs) (laughs) so did you manage to run because it's basically the first 10 k's is flat and the next yeah. 32 odd k's is all uphill. Did you run all of it or did you walk any? Uh, no, I had to walk. I, I, I didn't realise how taxing it would be. And it was mm. my, fifth, it was my, uh, yeah, it was my fifth marathon in five weekends. And so oh. I ran hard to, to 26 k's. And, yeah. and I thought, oh, I saw people starting to walk up the steep hill as you turn the, that corner. And I thought, oh, they're soft. <laughs> <laughs> After trying to run a bit of the hills for a while, I discovered why it was easier to walk up those steep ones. Yeah, but, and and um, the last bit is quite steep and a bit rocky, so probably a bit hard yeah, to run anyway. Bit, it was hard to run, as you know. But yeah, um, yeah I, I just felt a bit fatigued to the end, and I don't know whether it was the elevation or whatever. Plus, just the day before, I went up to the actual train station and did the snow bit, and probably yeah. shouldn't have done that. Three and a half thousand meters and all that the day before. And, Have to admit, uh, I, I actually did the same thing the day before too. So <laughs> you were so crazy. So the last, uh, probably the last oh, five or six k's, it was like I fell off the top of the mountain. I almost sat down. There was, well, you know, this if people get out on those trails, I don't know how they get out there, but there was some guys sitting down drinking beer on one of the corners <laughs> and beer, and I actually felt like it at the time. <laughs> Would have been quite handy just to sit there, but the, yeah. So the last bit was quite a struggle, but yeah. the last case, and also you run downhill. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. That yeah. that was a nice. It's a nice way to finish it. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. yeah. I've done all the all the majors are fantastic. I've done all the six major marathons. Oh, awesome! And, and uh, the crowds have been just incredible. And Boston itself. Have you done mm. Boston? No, I haven't done any of the majors. Now, Boston is incredible. The, the town just owned the, the whole marathon, yeah. you know. And after you finish, you walk around town. town <laughs> you, they treat you like a rock star. You actually yeah. feel famous. You know? Oh, just, that's um, nice, though. Yeah, so it, it, it was special. Boston was special. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I will, yeah, I mean, you're lucky to have done all of them because they're getting even harder and harder to get into, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, three of them I was able to qualify on age. Yeah, uh, time, and then Tokyo and Berlin had to go on tour groups, and oh, the London, okay. 
London, I could have qualified, but you have to be a UK resident. So um, you have to go into tour group for that one as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That makes it harder, not not being a leap runner as such. <laughs> yeah, but you know, then it makes it also more worthwhile, I guess. And um, is there any race that is on your bucket list? Oh, well, that's that's interesting. Um, well, this year you've just filling some gaps. I'm going to do some hopefully some ultra runs, but um, mm, I was going to ask you about that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I still want to do all the finish off those marathons, and so Alaska is going to be my fiftieth state when I finally. It's going to make, oh. I'm going to make the final frontier. So I love Alaska. Yep. You've been there, ever? Oh, no, yeah, uh, done. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm to make that my fiftieth, and um, I want to do uh, before I stop traveling fifty countries as well. So I want to do. 50 different countries, but mm. I, I'd, I'd like to do the North Pole Marathon. So that's that's one on the bucket list, but it's yeah. uh, very expensive to do. It's, yes. Uh, but yeah. it's, you know, I've, I found with some of the international marathons I've done that sometimes just being in the pokey little town and, mm. you know, I did, did uh, Gettysburg Battlefield Marathon where there was only, God, I think there might have only been 40 or 50 runners and you're just running out through the battlefields and no spectators, no nothing. And But the little town itself, you know, sometimes the little ones are even better than the big ones. And, I, I have and, to agree. I, I like the smaller grassroots races, to be perfectly honest, uh, rather yeah. than the big, you know, over-the-top yeah. ones. So, yeah. yeah. So no, I'll find some spots. But, uh, yeah, the North Pole is probably mm. Alaska will be two on the bucket list. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that will be... Um, interesting and we'll have to get you back on when when you finally get to do them although god only knows when that will be <laughs> hopefully not too far in the future yeah. Yeah. well thank you so much we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your amazing story not just about your great train run but just your amazing runner running and um you know it, it certainly vindicates for people that you don't always have to follow the most you know exacting pristine diet that you can also live your life too so it's yeah. great to hear <laughs> but you know sometimes people you know there's all these fad diets as well yeah. and, and get fit in 20 minutes by doing this routine <laughs> one thing i've got to say i do do a lot of training <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one thing you know I, I might have a poor lifestyle outside of it and uh but yeah, there's, there's a lot of hard work going on and and that's it. It's it's the the years and years of hard work that um yeah. has strengthened your body and enables you to keep running. And um, yeah, you can't just suddenly pick it all up and do what you're doing without the the the, the big base that you have got. You are quite correct. Yeah, so yeah, enjoy your life, but uh, just realise you've got to put in some training too. Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly right, and 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 I think that's a great spot to end it. So, um, can is there somewhere that people can follow you and and see what adventures you're up to? Well, basically, um, I'm a bit uh, not all that tech savvy, but no, oh, you say that, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> no, no, well, I've, I've just um, they can find me on. Facebook, if they search George Dyer, they'll find my crazy yeah. adventures. I don't. Well, I, I might, I might do this searching for. I mean, I know, I know you're on Facebook, and yeah. um, I might um, yeah. uh, put the link in so people can can see what you've yeah. been up to and and, and follow on. Um, well, I've just started. I've, I've just bought my first um, uh, 
uh, GPS watch. So oh. just uh, left on Strava now. And, um, oh, and really? So you didn't use to you? What did you? What did you? So you didn't record your runs? As no, such? no, no, I never had a GPS watch. So it was all done by Google Maps and and all that sort of thing with the rough. Um, which just goes to show that even though it wasn't on Strava, it did still happen. So that's there we it go. Did. Yeah, that's right. And so <laughs> who would have thought? People can find me on Strava now. Um, and I've signed up to Instagram, but I haven't posted anything, so they won't find <laughs> me. I can't even. I don't even know what my handle is. Probably, <laughs> I'll search probably, for you. Yeah, it's probably Rocky Balboa. If, yeah. if it's not under my name, there'll be someone Rocky involved. Ah, in okay. Yep, yeah. Well, well, I'll have a look for you. You never know, I might find you. So, all right. Well, thanks so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and um, good luck thanks with all definitely. your future runs. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you. I really enjoyed that chat with George. He was so easy to talk to. I love that he is so old school with his training and lifestyle. I wish I could be that relaxed about it all. It just goes to show that there is no right way for everyone and that training and lifestyle plans have to be individualised for each person. Something to think about. Have a great week of training and racing if you're lucky enough and you're not in lockdown. Bye. <laughs>